it, it comes in lots of different ways. It, it can even come with the brands of food that you eat. Uh, if you uh, eat Heinz baked beans and you go to Aldi and they don't have any, mm, I don't think I can try those ones because they're not Heinz ones. We come, to, we come to things with distinct presuppositions on looking through those rose-coloured glasses. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with someone who has an opposite view to you and have an open mind while you're listening? That's really hard, isn't it? Because you're going, no, I don't agree with you. No, you're wrong. No, you're not saying it, but inside of yourself, mm -mm, uh -uh, mm -mm, no, I don't believe that. And if you give me a chance, I'll slam dunk you and show you what it is that you're wrong about. If you really want to have an open mind and an open heart when you're in that sort of conversation, whilst they're talking, in the back of your mind there is this dialogue happening. Well, if that's the case, well, um, you know, and, you're, and you're processing and you're trying to work out what it is they're trying to say and trying to be fair on them and trying to see it from their point of view. And, and it's a bit of a struggle. Have anybody ever done that before? It's really hard, isn't it? It's really, really hard. When we come to, as Christians, and particularly it depends on what background we've come from, a conservative background or, or whatever uh, way that we've been raised in our Christian life, we get to have presuppositions in our Christian viewpoints. Don't we? Some people are going, I'm not going to admit it. But it's true. We all come from those different viewpoints and when someone from a different viewpoint has talks to us about their stuff, we go, uh-uh, mm-mm, yeah, nah, I'm not listening. That's true, isn't it? Of course, there are certain things that we stand together on. Jesus Christ, who, who came to this earth, who, who, who uh, denied himself and came as a man, who died on the cross, who rose from the dead, who was born of a virgin Mary, uh, and all of that stuff, we, we stand together on those things. Of course, those essential things. But when it comes to things on the, a, a little bit different, we go, hmm, no. Nah. And it can be not just because of our upbringing or our uh, teaching, but it can be because of our experience. We can have negative experience about certain things and that taints how we see that thing again, doesn't it? Rather than standing back and seeing it objectively, we sometimes see through the, through the lens of pain or through the lens of hurt or through the lens of being made to feel inferior uh, by someone who seemingly in our own perception stood above us and, and made themselves seemingly superior. That's, that's true, isn't it? I'm going to ask today that you would come to this time as we stand at this next... Uh, part of our series, The Other Guy, for those who are guests today. This is our four-week series on The Other Guy. Last week, and that means the Holy Spirit, because sometimes he's relegated to being just that other guy. Uh, last week we talked about the powerful guy, and this week we're talking about the giving guy. I hope this is going to work today. Thank you. Go. Yes. Um, we're talking about the giving guy. 
And I would like to invite you and encourage you to come with an open mind. Some of your minds will be going, I I don't understand. Or because of your experience, you'll be going, no, it's nothing to do with me. I don't want anything to do with it. Come with an open mind and see the word of God for what it is and how Paul speaks, or the Holy Spirit speaks through Paul to us. So I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Oh God, our Father, we come before you this morning because we love you. And we come before you because we want to worship you and honor you. We admit that sometimes when we come to you, we reserve things for ourselves and we don't allow our whole hearts to be surrendered to you. We would ask that you would forgive us for that. But not just forgive us, but help us to have hearts that come to you totally open to you because you are the safe one. You're the one in whom we can put all of our trust and all of our security and all of our needs for safety because you'll never betray us. As we discuss these things of your word today and the things of the Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you would say to us by your spirit? Holy Spirit, we invite you to come amongst us. We know that you live within us individually and you live within us in a sense corporately, but we just invite you to come in a special way to speak into us and to show us what it is that you would have for us to see. Help us. Help us to be your people, open to your spirit, to hear your voice, and to respond to your will. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, as we look, and I realize I've left one, one uh, slide on from last week, so I'll just show you that. That was a saying that is from Andrew Bonner, who's one of a, a guy from many, many years ago. All merit is in the Son, all power is of the Spirit. We have no merit of our own. We cannot do good things that would uh, please God, that would make us close to God, that would restore our relationship with God. Jesus has done all of that on the cross for us and as he rose from the dead. And all power is of the Spirit. Remember in Acts, Jesus, one of the last words he said to his disciples, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in uh, Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And so we looked at the power of God last week, but this week it's about the gifts. So spiritual gifts are gifts given by the Spirit, obviously. Well, maybe not obviously, they that's what it means, spiritual gifts, gifts that are given by the Spirit. And they are given for, the, for what reason? They are given for the building up of the body. They are given, as it says in uh, verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit, and I'll, I'll explain manifestation uh, a little bit later, is given for the common good. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit, regardless of their nature, are for the common good. To strengthen, to encourage, 
to edify, and if you don't know what that word edify means, it means to instruct and improve spiritually. So when our spirits are edified with the Holy Spirit, we are improved and instructed spiritually to be so much closer and in communion with him and to be hearing his voice and to be guided by the Spirit and to be pointed to Christ and, and to be loving with one another and all of those wonderful fruits are built, uh, uh, made more evident in our lives, the fruits of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, those nine fruits out of Galatians. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing within us. And so he gives gifts, spiritual gifts, to build us up. To build up the body. Why? Because we lack. Because we need building up in our love for one another. We need uh, encouragement because we get discouraged. We need edifying with him. We need to be strengthened because sometimes we're weak. These spiritual gifts help us to be better ministers to one another. That's what they're for. Ministers to those outside of ourselves. There's no use having all of these wonderful gifts of the Spirit and keeping them to ourselves because if we keep them to ourselves, they'll die. Like anything, use it or you lose it, really. And so you've got to exercise these gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us. Now, when we read this scripture out of 1 Corinthians 12, we, we've got to understand a little bit of the Corinthian church. If we remember back in verse 1 of that, um, of that particular scripture, it was talking about, I don't want you to be uninformed about these spiritual gifts. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were, you were led. We understand that in the Corinthian church, there are a few issues happening. They were, they were really going to run in a muck in, uh, in lots of ways. They, they, there was, seems to be a fuzzy bit between their new Christian faith and their old pagan practice. Or at least they were surrounded by it still. And you know, when you become a Christian, that doesn't mean that immediately everything falls away and you suddenly go, oh, I don't remember all that stuff. Well, there is stuff that seems to just hang around for a bit until it works its way out, until we grow out of it, if you like. And still some of those things that happen in our lives will affect us for all of our lives. Some of the painful things will affect how we think, how we react, how we respond to other people, that's what happens. That's just the nature of being a human and a fallen human. But in lots of ways, the, the Corinthian church was acting in lots of excesses. Even in just the previous chapter in, verse, in chapter 11, when it talks about communion, it seems that they were running amok during communion and drinking too much and eating too much and becomes just this big uh, feasting thing of excess. And so throughout the, the book of Corinthians, Paul seems to be speaking to bring balance to this excess stuff, these things that were running amok. And you see, he was speaking against these things because some of these practices were not practices or behaviours that were befitting followers of Jesus. And so he speaks to the church about this, led away by dumb idols. 
Some people think that maybe they were still a little bit pagan in their mindset. Some of them were thinking of even uh, maybe how things mix together. And people still try to do that. They try to assimilate Christian faith with pagan practice. You see that a lot in South America and how they tried to blend it all together. And maybe that was happening. We're not really sure. Um, maybe it was that in their pagan practices they were hearing funny utterances by people in, the, in paganism, in, uh, in their occult practices. Let me say something to you. Whenever there's a gift of the Holy Spirit, the enemy will always have a counteracting counterfeit. There will always be a counterfeit that tries to mimic the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The enemy can sometimes heal people, but it's a counterfeit. And how do we know that it's a counterfeit? Because it doesn't lead people to acknowledging Jesus Christ as Lord. And so in those first couple of chapters, it's only by the Holy Spirit that you can confess that you can say that Jesus is Lord. Now, anybody who doesn't have the Holy Spirit can say Jesus is Lord as three words. But it, what it's saying, it's from the depths of your being, from the depths of your heart. It's only by the Spirit of God that you can confess that, that he is my Lord. He is the Lord. There is no other but him. If I was to share with you in the Greek language, that's how it's written. The Christ, the Lord, there is none other. There is none other who can lead us to eternity. There is none other who can pay the price for our sin. There is none other but him. And so the Holy Spirit, if it's the spiritual gifts operating in our lives, they will always glorify Christ. And they'll always bring the common good. And when the common good of the body of Christ is built up, that's glorifying Christ. Because we are his body and he is our head. We getting there? Are you asleep yet, Harold? Okay. Um, I'm glad about that. <laughs> and so he would probably be uh, fighting against some of that stuff that is a little bit remnant within the community. Maybe it is then that they were going a bit haywire with some of the spiritual gifts. Maybe they were going to some excess with some of those things as well. And uh, maybe it was that there was some sort of conflict amongst the people that those who had the spiritual gifts were superior to those who weren't exercising those particular spiritual gifts. The superiority, inferiority thing. That wouldn't happen today, would it? Not much. Yeah, not much. Maybe it is that they weren't thinking clearly. Maybe it is that they, their discernment wasn't really on spot. Maybe it is that all of these things were sort of a bit of a wash within the community of the church and Paul's speaking to these things. You see, spiritual gifts are not to be used as a sideshow, a spiritual sideshow, if you like. If you remember Jesus' life, people would follow him because they wanted to see the signs and wonders and see the, the wonderful gifts that he performed. And in places in John, I remember him saying, now don't look at the gifts, look at me. Don't follow me for them, follow me for me. If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to follow the person of Christ. You don't follow the gifts. The gifts are important, and I would contend that they haven't finished. They are uh, in operation today, and I'm going to give you a few examples and a couple of stories today about how, in my own life, how that has happened. 
I, I contend that they are still uh, true. But they're not something that is like a sideshow where we jump through supernatural hoops so that we attract people so to, the, to the signs. They are for the building up of the body in conformity to Jesus and for the love of one another, building one another up. That's what they're for. In, our, in the church today even, we can see that sometimes people misuse and misunderstand the things of the Spirit. Sometimes it can be, look at us, look at us, we've seen all of these people healed. No, don't look at you. Look at Jesus, he's healed these people. It's a difference. Look at what's happening over here. Come to this church over here because all of the wonderful miracles are happening over here. Why? We are the church and we serve the same dad as you do. The same Abba Father that John was talking about. He's our Abba Father as well. That doesn't make you more important or more superior or more special than anybody else. I have a little bit of a presupposition. I've been around a fair bit and I've been around in amongst all of the weird stuff. Have you ever been witnessed some of the weird stuff of uh, some ex, um, expressions of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit? Have you ever seen some of the weird stuff? We get scared of the weird stuff. I get very presuppositional against the weird stuff. I go, whoa, whoa, hang on. But... If we were to look at the life of Jesus, if we were to live in the same time as he did, we would be in a bunch of, whole bunch of weird stuff. If you followed Jesus, he cast out demons into a bunch of pigs and the pigs ran down the hill and ran into the ocean. How weird is that? He's walking along and here comes a, a coffin being carried to the cemetery and, and the boy that's dead, the mother's crying and he comes and raises the kid up out of the coffin. Mm, weird stuff. On a side note, do you think that resurrections happen today? Do you know, mean that people rising from the dead happen today? I know two, personally know two people who have prayed over people that are risen from the dead. I can tell you many stories about that stuff just doesn't happen in our society too much um anyway so the weird stuff that happened around jesus some bloke gets lowered through a roof and lay, and just goes and then he raises him up from his sickbed and off he walks how weird is that then there's some person blind and he spits in the dirt and makes mud and puts it on the eyes how weird is that if you're going to hang around with jesus expect weird Expect out of the ordinary. Expect supernatural. Because that's who Jesus is. Uh, so, but many people don't understand in the midst of these gifts and, and, and even excluding the inferior ones and highlighting the superior ones, uh, many people don't understand the purpose of the gifts. And sometimes I think the expression of the gifts points to a person rather than it points to Jesus. Sometimes it points to the person who says, I have the gift, rather than them pointing to Jesus. I'd much rather be a nothing and Jesus be everything. One of my 
and this is not to point to me, but just an ex example. One of my favorite prayers is, God, if I'm in the way, would you change me or kick me out? Just one of them. I'd rather be changed. I don't know about the kicking bit, but I'd rather be changed because I want Jesus to be highlighted in my life. So the gifts are essential tools and building blocks for the building of the body. That's what they're for. The gifts that are listed in our reading today are certainly not an exhaustive list, and there are more in, in Romans and uh, 1 Corinthians 12, a little bit later, there are some in Romans 12, there are some in Ephesians, some in 1 Peter, and there's a whole bunch of gifts, and probably there are gifts that we operate just by the way our God has made us, that they are spiritual gifts because they're empowered by the Spirit, but they're not sort of listed. There are, there are scholars that would say that everything that God empowers in our lives for the betterment of the body and for the glory of Christ are spiritual gifts. But these ones are ones that I just want to have a little bit of a look at today. For there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different, different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now let's not get too spooky. I think we can get we can become spiritual space cadets. We're somewhere up there. Do, 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 do. And realizing, we need to realize that there are so many things in our lives that God is empowering every day of our lives. Remember that all the merit is in the sun, but all of the power is of the Spirit. And if we are born again by the Spirit of God, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, and He is empowering us to be his witnesses and that empowerment comes through the gifts that he gives us and some of those expressions are natural through the personalities that he's built into us service so i just want to run just uh, give you a couple of examples today uh, we can't do this exhaustively we need to do a lot of workshopping if we're going to do exhaustive stuff and and uh, have uh, prayer ministries and all of that sort of stuff, which I'd really love to do. Um, but in, in this context, we can't cover all of that. But we will have some time for prayer ministry if you want it afterwards. So acts of service. So they might be described as activities or workings, as it says they're working as well. They're sort of linked together. They seem to point to an energy or power extended in the service. So you might be a chair stacker or unpacker, as it was this morning when we arrived at church. You might be lofty, a coffee machine preparer. Thank God for coffee machine repair, uh, uh, preparers. Thank you, lofty. You satisfy my wants and needs later. You might be the chair putter out, or you might be this sort of thing. Whatever it is that you serve God in, there seems to be this energy or empowerment in whatever it is that you do because then that becomes something you do to the glory of Christ. It might be that, Bill, you run an engineering shop. It might be that you run this engineering company and you do all of that with the empowering and ability of the Holy Spirit which brings glory to him by what you do. 
It might be that you're an administrative person or a doctor or uh, working in an electronics firm or whatever it is that you, you do, or a salesman, Peter, whatever it is that you do, you do with the empowerment of the Spirit. And so there seems to be this acts of service and working through your life. Seemingly. So notice that, that the spiritual gifts, Paul says, are of different kinds, but all of them are working and everyone has spiritual gifts. Everyone in this room has spiritual gifts, Holy Spirit-empowered gifts. Okay. Now, to each one, going back to chapter, uh, verse 7... Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Notice, to each one, now to each one, is the manifestation of the Spirit. The spiritual gifts are the Holy Spirit himself working in Christians. He's putting himself on display through you. That's what it means to become manifest. He puts himself on display. Some of those things, as we will see, are quite overt and quite supernatural and out of the ordinary, but some of them are just normal working along, working together and bringing glory to Christ. Yeah? He shows his power working in and through us to draw us into greater relationship with Christ and to deeper relationship with other, each other so that those fruits will come through us and the glory of Christ will be shown to those who are outside of the body. That's pretty snazzy. Is this the one I want? Um, yeah. So you'll see that. We've heard them. I won't read through that again, but I'll just have a look at a few of these. A message of wisdom. Now, if I talk to... GM's more. I have to say it properly. If I talk to James uh, and I talk about his life's experience and I talk about some struggles that I might be going through, from his life's experiences and his knowledge comes words of wisdom. I hope. <laughs> you should have seen the face he just gave me. <laughs> um, it, so a sense of the word of wisdom could be that it comes from our experience, it comes from our knowledge, it comes from all of those things that have been happening in our lives. But there is the sense of a supernatural on this as well. That you can, the Holy Spirit can give you that sense or that gift of the word of wisdom to speak into a situation or into someone's life that changes it or shines light onto something and changes the way that they might do it, changes their direction sometimes, but uplifts them and builds them up. And the same with the gift of the word of knowledge. They're sort of linked together. Um, it's sort of coming into the, getting an insight into the mind of God and the mind of God in a particular situation, something in the past or something that's present. A friend of mine came to me years ago, this was years ago, and he came to my house, this was before I got married, and uh, he wanted to come to talk to me about a problem that he was having. Now, this guy I've known since uh, 1982, and he would be one of my, you know, you get the BFFs, 
best friend forevers, those ones, the all-weather friends, not the, the fair-weathered friends, he'd be one of my closest buddies. And we talk often, he lives in Sydney now. But he came to me as a young single, he's a couple of years younger than me, he came to me in the, as a young single man having an issue and uh, it was a very personal issue, but he was too afraid to talk about it, but yet he wanted to talk about it because it was bugging him. Have you ever had one of those issues? Yeah. And he came to my house and we are just chatting away, normal stuff, chat, 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 chat. And he, he didn't come near the issue at all. And I knew there was something up. You know, you get that sense, there's something up. And I'm praying, while he's talking, I'm praying, God, what is this? What's going on? What's, what's the deal? And this word dropped into my heart. And I said, his name's Phil, and I said, Phil, stop right where you are. Why don't you just tell me that you're having a problem with this? And he went, oh, how did you know? God just told me. He dropped that word into my heart. Oh, because he wants you to be healed from this. He wants to walk through this with you. So that was a gift of the word of knowledge. I didn't have no idea, but then he just dropped it into my heart. Faith. Who has faith? We all have faith. If we belong to Christ, we have faith. And our faith is being built up. Our faith is being exercised. Our faith grows. But there are some places where we need a supernatural injection of faith to do something or to be somewhere. And a faith for this big vision, faith for stuff like that. And I could tell you stories of others about that sort of thing, uh, particularly those who in churches have built big churches and stuff, millions and millions of dollars when they have $10,000 in the bank. And, uh, and how God gave them a vision and they stepped out in faith and God gave them this, this supernatural gift of faith to, with which to believe and they led the whole congregation into this new place. Interesting. Gifts of healings. That's where we're up to, isn't it? Yeah. Now, where it says gift of healing in the NIV, that's a little bit incorrect because there's two plurals, gifts of healings. Gifts of healings. I've prayed for many people who have been sick and I haven't seen it many times that they've got healed. I remember one time here... With, uh, with Julie. Julie Toonan came. She was visiting from Townsville. She's in the RAF, but now is over at Amberley. But she was visiting. She had pleurisy. And uh, I had a prompting to call people forward for prayer one morning and prayed for Julie. And she told later, uh, she came coughing and spluttering and it finished, just like that, as we, she was prayed for. I underst don't understand why it is that some people... When I, when I was eight, or when we pray for them, they get healed in, instantly or they get healed slowly. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, jury's out for me. I don't know. I don't know why that happens. But that doesn't stop us stepping out in faith, stepping out in the Holy Spirit, stepping out and, and uh, by faith praying for people. Of course not, because the Bible says that, that what, that's what we should do. I, don't, I would love to know why it hasn't happened every time. Although I did know one, one time I was in a church and, and a lady came forward and she was a little bit needy and, um, and I said, oh, how can I pray for you? And uh, she said, 
oh, I've been getting these headaches, and I've been, oh, it was a bit melodramatic, but it was, oh, I'm getting these headaches, and I'm standing there, and into my heart says, she needs sleep. And I said to her, you don't need prayer. She said, what? What? I'm offended. So I said, you don't need prayer. You need a Panadol and you need to go to bed because you haven't been having enough sleep, have you? It was like a gift of the word of knowledge to be able to speak into her situation. I did pray for her. Um, <laughs> but she needed to realise the practicality that, it, that she needed to get some sleep. That's why she was having headaches because she wasn't getting enough sleep. And she needed a faith aid. It's called Panadol. And... Um, assistance in working miracles um, so yeah I don't understand why everybody doesn't get healed to another miraculous powers or supernatural powers things that happen outside of the natural I have a story about this but it could be just one of those coincidentally things I'll tell it anyway I was driving my car there was quite a number of years a lot of years ago now uh, along the freeway along here near the Pine Rivers Bridge and a storm came over and there's a lot of water on the road and water splashed up and it was one of those cars with a distributor will. Do you understand what a distributor is? It's not electronic. And, uh, and so it was raining. I thought, I've got to keep going, got my rag out, went out, got the bonnet up, was going to take the distributor cap off, wipe it out, get it dry so I could go on again. And when I had my back in, I was in the bonnet, and then it started to hail. And you know what hail's like pinging on your back? Not comfortable. And I got a bit angry with that. I was... <laughs> and so I got out of the bonnet and I, and I pointed up at the sky and I said, Stop hailing! And it went, Stop! <laughs> hey, this is cool. Hey, this is cool. And it stopped immediately. I wiped out the distributor cap, got it all put together, bonnet it down, got in the car, started and started hailing again. And I thought, God, is that one of those supernatural, miraculous power things? I don't know. But it was fun anyway. <laughs> Where are you up to? Prophecy. Prophecy. Speaking forth in human terms what God has brought to mind. Words of prophecy can be encouraging. They can be ones that edify other believers. They're ones that confirm things in people's hearts. Yesterday, Tim and I went to Living Faith Lutheran Church and we went to a conference, day conference on the Holy Spirit. And at the end of the day, the guest speaker prayed for me and then I just had an inkling. There was this older lady. She would have been, I guess, in her 70s or something. And she was a lady who had this gift of prophecy. And uh, she's a lady older than me. Uh, I got the look from down the front. That was from Grandma Lynn. Um, <laughs> and, and I had this urge to ask her to pray for me. I don't... I'm not one to, to stand out and say, would you see if God would have something to say to me about? She didn't know what I did. She didn't know my occupation. She didn't know who I was. And I, she started, she held my hands and she said, now don't let this be like um, I'm running you down. And I'm thinking, what the heck are you talking about? And she said, I see in my heart a street sweeper. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. 
Um, I see this street sweeper. And a street sweeper is one that goes and clears all the rubbish from the road and makes the way for, for others to come through. And you are a street sweeper and you're going to make the road safe for the people of God and take away the obstacles and make that way so that the people of God can come through and you will lead the people of God. And, you're, and she didn't know I was a pastor at that stage. And she said, now, go and talk to your pastors about that. I don't know what that means. I said, and I said, I am a pastor. And she went... Oh, now I know what that means. And it was something of an edification for me, and it was something of an encouragement for me to build me up so that I could build you up. That's what it's for. Last week, we, the staff team went to a conference on um, Monday and Tuesday down the Gold Coast, and there was a guy there who's a Uniting Church minister, and I first met this man, Peter, in 1982. No, sorry, 1989. And um, I was guest speaker at a National Christian Youth Convention in one of their elective workshops. And I remember, and I reminded him of this on Monday, and he says, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I, it was in this workshop where it was sort of in a tent uh, in the, at the Toowoomba showgrounds. And he was with a bunch of people sitting, uh, listening to me wax eloquently on all the stuff that I'd prepared for them. And me, I'm waxing eloquently about my notes and sticking to my notes and there's this separate conversation happening in the back of my mind. And the conversation was with the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit was telling me, stop, I have a word for someone in this crowd and I'm saying, nope. This conversation happening in the back of my mind saying, nope, nope, I've got a script, I'm sticking to the script and that's all. But the conversation continued. Stop. Do, no, please. I don't want to do it. Do it. No. Yes. Do it. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. And, and there's this, this thing that God is prompting me. And so I had to. He wasn't going to give up. For heaven's sakes. God doesn't give up. And, and so I said, okay, in the back of my mind. I'm not saying it to them. And I stopped. And they were looking at me. And I said, folks, I just... I need to stop because I believe God has got a, something to say to someone here. And I was scared out of my wits. I didn't know what was going to happen. This is a risk. Do you know stepping out in faith is risk? Do you know acting in faith and exercising faith is risky? Anyway, Peter was sitting in this crowd. I didn't know who he was, never met him, didn't know him from Adam. And suddenly it was like the shaft, for me, like the shaft of light went on his head. And, and I thought, is he him? Yeah, that's him. This conversation's still going on. And I, <laughs> and I said to say, buddy, I'm talking to you. And he goes, like a deer in the headlights. And, and I didn't know what I was going to say until I stepped out in faith and God just let these words come out of my mouth. God has called you to be a shepherd of his people. God has called you to take his people and lead them on and, and all of this sort of stuff about being a shepherd. I don't remember it fully. And he came to me afterwards like, oh. he said, you don't know how true that is. I'm just candidating for, to be a minister in the Uniting Church. And that's exactly what God has been saying to me. That's the call of God on my life. And that confirmed to me the call of God that I'm going in the right direction. And it wasn't me that did it. It was the Holy Spirit gave that to me so that it would have built up the body. 
And that man is a fine uh, man of the gospel now, preacher of the gospel, fine. Um, quickly, we'll go through. The tongues. Who speaks in tongues in this place? There's a few. Don't be scared. Don't be fearful. It's not something to be feared. It's something given by the Holy Spirit. Just because someone speaks in tongues doesn't make them any better than anybody else. It's a gift that's been given to them. I've been able to speak in tongues since 1982 and I didn't understand it. And I asked God about it. And I was kneeling beside my bed and suddenly all these different words came out of my mouth. Anyway, we need not be afraid because it's the Holy Spirit who gives the gifts as he determines A little story about that. I was in a joint prayer meeting, a prayer meeting with numbers of churches in Redcliffe, numbers of years ago now. And I was sitting on the aisle on the pew. They had pews in this church. It was in the Uniting Church that was being held. And I was sitting right at the end. And I was just by myself. And they're having the prayer meeting going on. And and across from me, across the aisle, sitting at the next pew, were two men they had been ex-Catholic priests and they came away from the Catholic Church and both of them had gotten married to the ladies they loved after they came out of the Catholic Church. Um, but they wanted to not be celibate, they wanted to marry, so they had to come away from the church. Anyway, during the prayer meeting, I'm just praying quietly, not shouting out something, but I'm quite praying quietly in tongues just here. After that, they came to me, these two men, they heard it. They said, both of them, one was visiting from Nigeria, one was living locally. They said, how did you know that prayer? And they were quite definite. I said, what do you mean? How did you know that prayer you were praying? I said, what prayer was I praying? You were praying the prayer in Latin that we were taught in seminary to praise God at the end of every day, to give him praise and worship for all that he's doing. You were praying that prayer. How did you know that prayer? And I said, I wasn't praying for him. I was praying in tongues. Whether it was the gift of hearing or the gift of the tongue, I don't know, and it's none of my business. But it was for the building up and edifying of these two guys. They were so excited because they were, they were brought back into that place of praise and worship that they hadn't thought of for such a long time. Oh, how does that work? It was for the building up of the body. So, in all of the gifts, it says the interpretation of tongues. Now, we'll be talking a little bit about that in a couple of weeks' time in the community guy as we walk through next week the loving guy about love and then the order of how gifts are to be used in the church. But if someone spoke out a tongue, in a, in a praying in, a, in, in a tongues here in this place whilst we're all here in a gathering, there must be an interpretation. That's the order of it. And that's the gift that comes separately. Uh, so, we should finish up. Hey. Oh, gee, I've gone too long. Sorry, Tony. I'll be in big trouble. Oh, no. Oh. Just do it. I'm nearly finished. So, don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid of the gifts. Don't be afraid. Because it's the Holy Spirit who gives them. He is our God. He is the one who loves us, nurtures us, wants us to grow so that Jesus Christ will be Lord more and more and more in our lives. We need not be afraid. It's, if, if the Holy Spirit walked in here right now, this is how I see him. He's here. But if he came in body if, or Jesus came in body and said, oh, there's a person outside that needs healing. Who wants to do it? In the gifts, I reckon it's like this. Oh, oh, me. Oh, 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 choose me. Oh, oh. And, and I reckon that's like for all of us with all of the gifts that we can say, oh, oh, Holy Spirit, me, use me. And he will. For he gives gifts to all of us. And one last thing in application. None of us are inferior to any other. If you were to walk through the rest of that chapter, it talks about the body of Christ. None's less than anybody else. None's more superior than anyone else. We are all together. And in, finally, it says at the end of the chapter, and I will show you a still more excellent way, which we will look at to next week in The Loving Guy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're such a wonderful God that you work with us according to the way that you've made us, individually and as a church. We thank you that you work with us so individually. I have a personality, you work with that personality. Others have different personalities, you work with them to bring you glory and to bring you praise. Today, Father, we look at these gifts, we hear experiences, and we say, God, thank you that you give us gifts by the Spirit of God so that we can build one another up and glorify Christ. Help us to be a church that does that. Help us to have an open mind and an open heart. Help us, oh God, not to close ourselves off, but to be open to what you would have to do in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.